Good. Good morning. Uh, welcome here to Breakthrough City Church. Those that are here and those that are online. And um, just want to jump straight into just this morning's message that I want to share with you. Um, so also thank you as well, Anlis, um, who shared just something about the prophetic and you know, that God's called us uh, to a prophetic lifestyle. A prophetic lifestyle is that, that what God is saying he's busy revealing. And uh, there's different scriptures, and we're not going to go too much into that. But I want us just to have a look at the thing about even um, uh, one of the, the, the one, a grace that is really in this house has always been the prophetic. Um, God has given us insight into things to come. Um, there's certain things that we've declared and spoken, and those things come into fulfillment. And so there's a grace um, just to see these things happen. So um, this morning I just want to share a bit about the prophetic and um, uh, like really just a message. I'm not going to teach much. I just want to give one or two scriptures here. And then we're going to just jump straight in. But um, um, this morning I, I want to speak about how the body, meaning the body of Christ, gives, gives expression prophetically. So the body of Christ gives expression prophetically. And um, I'm going to just quickly jump in into uh, Ephesians chapter 4. It is one of the chapters. The Ephesian uh, church of Ephesus was probably the most dynamic, powerful church in the New Testament that we can read about. And um, what we see here is Paul actually gives some clarity about the, the church and some of the things. Now, um, when I speak about the prophetic, I want to first give, just give you a little bit of context here. In Ephesians chapter 4, uh, let us quickly turn to Ephesians 4. This is one of the scriptures when I got saved. This is what I ate and drank the whole time because um, the time that I got saved was the restoration of the, uh, the apostolic move of God. The prophetic move had been restored in the 80s. Um, the apostolic started to be restored in the 90s. Now, when I speak about that, I speak about of the governing ministries. Now, in Ephesians chapter 4, it speaks about how when Jesus ascended on high. So when he ascended on high, he gave gifts. And it speaks about five different gifts or graces. Grace to the church. And um, so let me just read you in Ephesians chapter 4. It says, verse 1, it says, Therefore, um, um, all right, let me read verse 1. Uh, therefore, the prisoner of, uh, I, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy, worthy of the calling which you were called. Right, we're all called. Okay, just remember, it starts with we, we have to be walk worthy of the calling. Now, this is very important because a lot of us don't walk in the calling because we've never come in to understand what I'm going to read to you now in verse 10 and from 11. So, it says here, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. Uh, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Let's just jump over to verse 10. It says, and um, verse 10 says, He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. Then verse 11 says this, And he, that's Jesus, okay, himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some evangelists, some uh, uh, pastors and some 
teachers. All right, so many times in the, uh, the, uh, we've referred to this as the fivefold ministry, um, but it's actually grace that was given. So it's grace that is functioning here. Now, this is um, uh, the, the reason why this is given because the, a lot of the teaching of what we've seen in the past when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit and even this, we speak of cessationalism. So cessationism is where, where, where people say a lot of things only belonged in the time of the Bible but doesn't belong now. That's cessationism. Okay, and that is where, but now understand this. So yeah, Paul is writing a letter to the most powerful church in the New Testament in, the, in Ephesus. And he speaks about this when Jesus said, no, 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 I gave these five, this grace of the fivefold ministry or grace. And this is grace that functions through people. Right, so um, it is basically when we refer to this in terminology, we refer to it more in the sense of these are governing ministries. Governing ministries. These are ministries that govern in the church. Okay? Why are they given? That's, I'm glad you asked me. So it says here in verse 12, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To a perfect man. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So when we don't have this input into the local church, into our lives. Then we don't come to the fullness, to the measure of Christ that we're supposed to. So you see many ministries and churches are at certain levels and they can be major ministries, major mega churches, but they haven't come to the fullness of the measure of Christ. Remember, the aim of Christianity is to become more like Jesus. To that maturity. It says further this, it says that we should no longer be uh, children tossed to and fro. Uh, carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up, okay, we need to grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ. Verse 16, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share. Causes what? Growth of the body. For what? The edifying of itself in love. And it continues there. Um, so the fivefold grace or fivefold ministry was given for the equipping of the body. So when this does not take place, you have an immaturity. So remember, you can have the anointing, you can have the gifts of the Spirit. But you have not matured in the likeness of Christ. So you just become really an anointed devil. So the fivefold ministry, we speak of a governing ministry. So how does it look practically? It looks like, well, it can be, you can possibly have that in your local church. You can have it that the local church doesn't have apostles, prophets, whatever. It might have a pastor and a teacher. It might have different dynamics. Can it be someone who, uh, functioning in, in more than one of these? Yes, it can. can be that you can be strong prophetically and apostolically as well. Okay? Um, so these are uh, uh, fivefold ministry graces for what? To equip everyone so that what? Everyone can come into their function. 
that it says every joint supplies what it has. So when we are not, when we don't have Ephesians chapter two verse twenty says the following that that the foundation is laid by who? The apostolic and the prophetic lay the foundation. Who's the foundation? Jesus. So any building that doesn't have a right foundation will sometime later fold or fall down. So who lays the foundation? So listen to me. It is not putting people in these on, on pedestals because Paul says, listen, the, the apostolic is, he, actually I won't use the word in this children here as well, but he says as human decrement, human feces. He uses another word to describe it in the Bible, what people regard the apostolic grace or ministry. Just by the way. So for those who are wanting to ride in a big white horse, there's one place and that is Jesus who rides that, not you and me, or thinking we are this or that. So it is a grace that God has given to the body that functions through people that God raised up. For what? For equipping. All right. So the reason why I say that, let's just jump. I need to, I don't know how I'm going to get this done. Quickly, I need to jump through to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12 just speaks about how this is about the gifts of the Spirit. There are nine gifts of the Spirit, and they are grouped basically into three, 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 basically. We won't go into that. But basically, yeah, is it speaks about how the gifts of the Spirit, so when you are baptized in the Spirit of God, you receive gifts. Why do we need gifts? Because if we don't have the gifts of the Spirit, we don't, cannot walk and function like Jesus walked and functioned. That's why we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because when you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive power from on high. For what? To demonstrate the kingdom in power, not just in word, but also in deed. Okay, so here it goes. And, and uh, 1 Corinthians 12, you can read through there from verse 12. It speaks about the spiritual Greek gifts and that, that these gifts are diverse. They've been given to the body of Christ. And um, it's, verse 7 says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Okay, and then it speaks about one is given to the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, and it carries on. Then verse 10 says this, and this is what I want to just start building on. And it says here, uh, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy. Okay, now the thing is, the, uh, Paul says, uh, I desire that you all prophesy, because all of us can prophesy. Okay, so now, this is personal prophecy. This is prophecy we can encourage any time, any place we can prophesy to someone. On the streets, whatever, uh, we can. Why? Because prophecy is for exhortation and encouragement. But the gift of prophecy is not the office of Ephesians 4, speaking of the government, governing uh, grace, like a prophet. Okay, so yeah, this is the gift. Ephesians 4 speaks about the office. Ephesians 4.11. You understand? Apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, teacher. What is that for? The evangelist in Ephesians 4 is for what? Equipping. It's not just running around and having crusades. Hello? So this is what happens. Sometimes we run out of our grace because we're running into things. So what is a fivefold money? It's to equip and train. That is why we have an emphasis to equip and train everyone. For what? For your service. That's why we are not a platform-based ministry, that it's just, yeah, it happens. Every one of you are to be equipped and trained for your service. That's what Ephesians 4 says. So, all right, so I want to just jump into this. Now, uh, let's jump right over to the Old Testament in 2 Chronicles 20, 20. 2 Chronicles 20, 20. It's in the Old Testament for those who don't know. 
And then we're going to turn to the book of Ezra, which is also in the Old Testament, which is just after Chronicles, 2 Chronicles. Right, so 2 Chronicles 2020 says the following here. You can read with me there if you have your Bibles or if your phones, if you've got just a little battery life on there. Okay, it says here. If we read just further down in verse 20, verse 2 Chronicles 20, 20, it says here, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. Okay? You got that? So, um, you know, the thing is why I want to just... Just address some uh, of this is because there's this crazy idea basically in the church is that, um, you know, when I became a child of God, all I need is God. All I need is Him. And that is why I've seen in the last 15, probably more years, I've seen more people leaving the local church and just floating somewhere. And using a remote just to download, oh, I can watch this, I watch this. I want to tell you something. It is not the sheep that feeds the sheep. It's the shepherd that feeds the sheep. It's like chucking a uh, child into a candy store or sweet store. It's dangerous. Someone's going to have stomachache or diarrhea or constipation or rotten teeth. So the thing is, what is important is when you're in a local house, you have a shepherd. That's why God has the local church. Okay, very important. We haven't got time to go into that now. So um, the thing is this, is that um, it, many times people are kept in this place of deception thinking it's only me and God. It's only me and God, you know, it's just me and God. No, I don't need to be part of a local church or connected in relationship because I know sometimes we have people in different parts of the world and the local church, there is not necessarily a local church. They might be connecting relationally with, with us, with other people, whatever, and as they are building the local uh, community in that place. So the thing is this, is that, um, you know, my need to hear from God for myself, just remember this, we all have a need to hear from God ourselves, but it does not nullify my need to hear from prophets. Okay, now I just touched on that early on. Do prophets still exist? Yes, they do, because that's what Ephesians 4 says. Those are governing ministries. The gift of prophecy, we can all prophesy. Baptizing the Holy Spirit is one of the gifts. It's for encouragement, exhortation. The office of a prophet is for equipping and training. And these are totally two different graces that are functioning or gifting. So don't confuse the two. Because some people walk around, you know, I'm a prophet, I'm a prophet. I say, please, just run. Okay, there's a big difference. Or, I'm apostle this, and I'm, uh, please, don't, don't even give me titles, because you know what, the fruit and the grace in your life, I'll see it. You don't have to tell me what you are. All right, so, what is important is that um, even the prophetic word or having prophets speak into my life or into the local church does not nullify my personal relationship with God. That's the other side of the coin. You understand? So it's not, oh, the prophet must just hear the whole time, and it's just, no, no, you hear from God as well. What is God speaking to you about? That's that personal walk. Now, on the one side, like I said, it is like, well, I become dependent. I don't need anyone. That's wrong, because that's where we come in deception. 
Second part is, other side of the coin is that there's certain prophecy or prophetic words spoken, not just through the gift of prophecy, but by people in the office of a prophet to speak into my life, because that affects the, uh, my future life and my, the future things. Okay, that's someone specifically walking in the office of a prophet will speak about the future, to bring things into the future, into fulfillment. The gift of prophecy relates more to something encouraging and uplifting. That's a gift of prophecy. Two different things. All right. So, um, if, if it was that, you know, God only spoke to me, what's going to happen? I'm going to create this spirit of in, independence in my life. Ah, it's just me. I don't need it. I, and I've met people like this. And those people aren't part of local churches, by the way. <laughs> scary. They're normally scary. Anyway, so we would use, we, we would, you know, um, um, basically many times the, the type of person that I found in like in that grouping of, I don't need anyone in my life, I'm not part of a local church or a local body or no one speaks into my life, I just hear from the Lord and that. Um, what actually you'll hear, they will many times be arguing with you. And they always feel superior or speak from a superiority position of, no, the Lord told me this. Don't tell me that. No, this I must do. Therefore, I cannot listen to you. That is this like place of superiority because that's the independent spirit. Okay. That's the type of situation. And which this is not right. This is wrong. Okay. So when, um, uh, when the word comes, listen to me, it's important. When the word of God, when the prophetic word comes through community it affects and blesses community and emphasizes our need for one another we need one another that is why body life corporate life is so important because ephesians 4 speaks about the body body life how can you be independent somewhere and be connected it just doesn't make sense your toe can't walk around Unless it's connected to the foot. Do you understand? So it is always about the relationship in the body. That is how God designed it. The Bible says we are members of one another. And what, what Paul also uses, he uses to the physical body to actually show what it means to be joined together. That's what Ephesians 4 speaks about. Refers to like a physical body to refer, that we're connected. And I say again, a leg doesn't walk alone. An arm doesn't walk alone. It's connected. In Acts chapter 2, you can just go have a look there. Acts chapter 2, it actually refers to King David in the Old Testament as a prophet. All right? It actually refers to him as a prophet in Acts chapter 2. So, um, a prophet is someone who hears directly from God what God is saying. Right? So, but the thing is, when King David wanted to build a temple, God n did not talk to him. So, when he wanted to build a temple, God did not talk to him. If God is silent, just remember this, 
It never means punishment. Because sometimes we think, you know, when God's not speaking, He's punishing me. That's not true. You see, sometimes it might be that God has already spoken to me. And what you and I need to go is review what God has actually said. And it might be the thing of, you know what? God is actually wanting you to connect with the right people, the right group of people as well. Or God wants to add someone into your life regarding that will help assist you. Because we need the body. That's, that's what we need to understand, okay? So, um, here we go and we see that uh, none of us have it all. We need connection. Now, the Bible says... Um, in 1 Corinthians 2.16 says the following. In 1 Corinthians 2.16 says that, that we have the mind of Christ. Do you know it doesn't say I have the mind of Christ. It says we have the mind of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 2.16. Corinthians 2, um, that's why, you know, when Jesus prays, he prays our Father. Because we are connected. We need one another. So the, we have the mind of Christ also is in the context of we need one another. Because you have something that I need. I have something which you need. Because that's what Ephesians 4 speaks about. You see, there is something gained in corporate expression which is not gained in another way. You see, you sit with a, gra a grace and gift in that. Whether after this meeting or message, there's connecting. Whether you're going home and you're connecting with people here, yeah, there's connection. There's something you have. That's why if you're just seated at home and you listen to messages that you want to listen to, how are you part of the body and to minister to one another? You can't be. You know, we spiritualize everything, but we don't practically earth it. So we've got to earth the expression of what God is doing in our lives through someone and with someone. That's also important. So, uh, yeah, in 2 Chronicles 20, 20, it says, they believed God and they believed his prophets. So God was speaking. They believed what God was saying, but they also believed what the prophets were saying because God was speaking through the prophets. All right? So um, the Bible also says they believed God and they believed Moses. Okay? So you see, it was basically it's necessary for this co-laboring expression, and and basically what it would look like to actually trust God. So it's easy to say, you know, I trust God, and not trust people. Yeah, I trust the Lord. No, I'll trust the Lord, but I don't even trust my brother next to me. There has to be an application to the one thing. That's how it balances. We need one another. All right? So, God spoke and the prophet spoke. God spoke and God spoke through Moses. So, this is how God expresses himself is through the body and in your personal walk with him. You with me? Okay. So, um, we've we got to be able to measure what we're hearing as well. Because sometimes I get people, sometimes they tell me freaky stuff, you know, tell me this and they've had this and I think, well, how do you earth what you've experienced, you know? How do you earth it? How do you 
connected because how do you practically walk that out what you're just telling me now? It must be practical application. Okay? Um, John said, um, in, in the book of John, he says, uh, you say, you, it's easy to say that, you know, you love God, but you hate your brother. You, it's easy to say you love God, which you cannot see. But your brother, which you can see, is the brother you hate. That's not love. So you, you understand that we speak, I'm a Christian, but our walk differs. That's, and, and God wants to just settle our hearts about how does it actually work and bring about the balance in, in, in the body of Christ. Okay, So... Um, it's basically, you know, illegal to claim a spiritual reality that cannot be measured in the natural. All right. So to say that you love God and uh, you must be able to measure it in how you love people. I said to you, one of the keys for even healing is: Do you function out of the gift of healing? Or miracles, or do you actually function out of the nature of who God is, love, in healing and miracles? That's the key for miracles, signs, and wonders as well. Is it to demonstrate your power, <laughs> or are you actually demonstrating His love? Because love always precedes the power of God. The power of God, without love, you start touching another side in darkness. We see that happening a lot in Africa, especially. That's where the occult comes in. So do we believe in the power, miracle signs and wonders? Yes. But the nature behind what you do and how you do it is love. Because God is love. Okay. I'm glad you're with me still. Um, let's have a look at... Uh, In Ezra, um, let, let's just go to Book of Ezra. It's just the next, um, the next after two Chronicles, you'll find the Book of Ezra. Um, just get, just keep your hand in Ezra chapter six. Just start getting the place because I know some of you might be looking in the Reader's Digest. Or where is that uh, for Ezra? So two, just after two Chronicles, you get the Book of Ezra. Just start finding your place there, and I'll get to that scripture now. So, um, so remember what I said, that whatever God is saying in that, there must be, be ways to measure what he's also saying and doing. Why do I say that? Well, remember also in the Old Testament, prophets were judged. Isn't that so? They got it wrong, stone dead. In the New Testament, prophecies are judged. Okay. You don't stone the person now. So Old Testament prophets were judged. In the New Testament prophecies must be judged. I hear people say, I put it on the shelf. I say, that's nonsense. not what the Bible says. The Bible says you judge a prophecy. Okay, we won't go into that this morning, how you judge a prophecy. So, um, so the word says here in Ephesians, uh, sorry, 2 Chronicles 20.20. 20. I'm going to get to Ezra now. It says, they believed God and they believed his prophets. They believed God and they believed Moses. So there's a section in that with Gideon in the book of Judges. It speaks about how Gideon gives instruction. Remember the story where he gives instruction to, to, take, um, uh, to give out um, uh, uh, um, a shout and 
and to break the clay jars. Do you remember you read that in the Bible? And to give out a shout, and when they break the clay, clay jars, you know, shout out loud. And what did they have to shout? For the Lord and Gideon. God spoke, Moses spoke. God spoke, the prophet spoke. We need to see how the body of Christ is here involved in what we do. The body of Christ, that, that's the way. Jesus said, when, uh, for, Jesus said, for you have prepared for me a body. We're the spiritual body of Christ on earth. That's the church. Those who are born again, believers. Okay. We connected. All right. So sometimes we can be, uh, uh, um, we can live impressed by our own faith that sometimes cannot be measured. We don't know how to measure that stuff. Our own faith. Ah, oh, I did this and this. You can't measure it. And that's why it's also good. Many times we soundboard with one another. There's things even that I will hear in that and I soundboard even with uh, the leaders and I soundboard this. And uh, even people we have in relationship in other parts of the world just soundboard. Okay, this is what I'm feeling or this is what, you know, just I soundboard stuff. That is not just me doing stuff. Okay? So that's also important. Um, we must be able to measure certain things. So when in fact uh, it is measured in, 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 in the sovereignty of God to use the people around us to actually fill in where we lack. So this is, this is how God fills up where, okay, I, I, this is where I saw it, saw it. Okay, so I take the input from the side. So in God's sovereignty, he actually uses people now. It's not just the Lord just said this to me. So in his sovereignty, he actually uses the body. He uses leadership to speak into my life. Okay, it's called what? Trust. You'll see people who have been hurt and don't trust, cannot trust. And you normally find that with a lot with orphans. People carrying the orphan spirit. You know that once bitten twice shy thing? Alright, so... Believe the Lord your God, verse two, uh, 2 Chronicles 20, believe the Lord your God uh, and you will be established. Believe his prophets and you will prosper. He's established and prospering, that happens. When you actually receive, not just, uh, uh, and I say again, the difference of a prophetic word, the gift of prophecy, and then when someone is in the office of a prophet. Two different things. Um. It's important that you and I are hungry for more. Because if you and I are not hungry for more what God's doing, we're actually selfish. Then we've come to a place we actually settle as in our Christian walk. That's why I say keep and stay hungry with God in what you, 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 you're seeking God in. Don't, well, I received this word, I received this and settle. Whether you got the breakthrough and you settle with that and you don't remain hungry is dangerous. Because that's where you stagnate. That's where lots of... Moves of God have become monuments. And God's no longer moving. So, um, let's have a look at Ezra chapter 6. Ezra 6. Did you find it? You sure? Ezra chapter 6. Alright, verse 14. It says, 
So the elders of the Jews um, built and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai, the prophet, and Zechariah, the son of Eda. How did they prosper? They prospered through the prophesying of Haggai, the prophet. So um, what you dwell on, remember, so they, they, they had received this word, but what you dwell on and what you value is your treasure, becomes your treasure. That's why um, there's a lot of things like, um, I mean, it was just, we had been moving office. And uh, there's, I, have a file, I have a file of prophecies. Personal prophecies, but also a lot of the personal prophecies affect the local church as well. Um, and, uh, you know, we're looking for it. It's like, go on somewhere. So... <laughs> And I was saying to Candace, Candace, I mean, you know, and I brought packs of other stuff and like this. But there's so many of those words that, and remember, Paul says to Timothy, use these prophetic words I've prophesied, I've given you. Use it as spiritual weapons. Because you wage warfare with those words. So when the enemy comes to something, what has God said then? So it's so important. So these things I go into remembrance. So a lot of the things, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of those things is, is I have here in my heart. I have it here. I, I remind myself of it. I strengthen myself in the Lord as David did. Through what? Through the word of the Lord. Through who? Prophets. That's how I strengthen myself. Because I said, I don't know how I would. They prospered because of the prophetic word. What are you prospering in? No word? You see, the word that is given has power to bring forth. That's prophetic. All right, so. Um, what I said, what, what you dwell on and what you value is important, okay? You've got to treasure it. You see, um, if it's something that I value that's inferior to what God says it is, it actually becomes misplaced worship in my life. Okay? Um, in the New Testament it says uh, that in God's kingdom we need to actually think of the things which are good. Think of those things which are good. Uplifting, encouraging. Think of those things that are good. So when I'm anxious and having anxiety and fear... What I'm actually doing, I'm actually having misplaced worship because I've put my trust in something else. So, remember what I said to you, thanksgiving. What does thanksgiving do? Thanksgiving is a response to the actions of God. What God has done, I'm thanking Him for that, for the healings, the breakthroughs. That's thanksgiving. Praise, praise is what? Praise is a response to what His nature. God is good. He's faithful. So praise, I praise Him. God inhabits the praises of His people. So when we worship, when we praise, when we're at work, when we're at home, and I start to praise Him and say, God, you're faithful. You are my provider. He inhabits your situation. You don't have to feel, ah, oh, I feel it. I feel it. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> I feel the anointing now, please. You <laughs> he inhabits what he says because his word is alive because his word is he is the word 
Okay? So, remember what we said to Israel, I've revealed my works, but to Moses, I've revealed my ways. So, Jesus, many times, what did he do? He performed miracles to do what? To give them access to relationship. That's why I say a lot of us, we want to lead someone first to Jesus instead of demonstrating the kingdom. I've seen, like I testified earlier, when you actually sh- demonstrate the kingdom with miracle signs and wonders, people are drawn in to connect with this living God because their life has been touched. You know, if you go to someone who's on drugs, someone or whatever, then you say, you know, Jesus, you must give your heart to Jesus right now so that your life can be better. Sometimes, you know what, you just got to show the love of God to the person. The love of God breaks the wall down. They encounter Jesus just because of the love of God and they're open to receive Jesus. That's how the walls come down. Sometimes we, we have, I used to do it, we had this religious thing of, you know, do you know Jesus, if you die tonight, where are you going to be? So we through through fire and hell and brimstone we got them to Jesus, but yet the Bible says through His loving kindness people are, come to repentance. He draws us through His loving kindness. Okay, let me go, not get sidetracked. Um, all right. So when I speak about miracles, the miracle that people encounter creates ongoing encounters. When people experience, it's the same as signs and wonders. I mean, I look at yeah, people with different manifestations that even in our meetings, yeah, whether it's, I mean, I can mention them with the, the glory manifest in different ways. And Lee's mentioned some stuff early on. Um, it is the invitation to encounter God. It's not the end. The fire in the sky. It's not a little fire. Night, night light in the Old Testament, or the food in that. The food that was provided every day, the clothes that never degraded for 40 years. It was not about that. It was about invitation to know the one. That's what it's about. Okay. So, I need to see the heart of God. Okay. Um, So, in in the scripture in Ezra 6.14, it says, they they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai, the prophet. It, and and um, this was actually concerning the building of the temple. Okay? The building of the temple. But we all need to be built in our lives. We all need to be built. This is a construction site. People's lives are being constructed. Ephesians 4 speaks about equipping, training. We need to be built. They prospered. By the prophetic word. When there's no prophetic word coming in, people don't prosper in the things of God. Alright, so we call to be reformers. We call to build. We call to reform society. We record to reform business, politics, cities. We're there to transform. Without our lives being transformed, we cannot transform the things around us. You see, religion says, go to church, do a lot of these things, and you're part of this club now. But there's no power. Because the Bible says, religion is a form of godliness, but lacks the power. And we need to demonstrate that power in a real way. In, and I say, outside this meeting place. It must be, happen more. Remember I said, the river of God flows from the throne 
to the temple, to the streets. But it also says the further the river flows away from the temple, the deeper it gets. So that what happens outside these meetings must be even greater than happens in the meetings. Because the river is deeper out there. I'm telling you, man, where did Jesus, where did things happen? Outside. Show me the places where it happened in the temples. It was happening outside. All right, so we call to be reformers. So no matter whether you're in, in, listen, no matter whether you're in the time of increase or conflict, um, they prospered because of the prophetic. This is what happened. It's important that you attract what you value. If you don't value the prophetic word, you don't attract that. I'll give you a bit of a testimony shortly. So, um, in the book of Mark, you speak, you'll hear it speaks about that God, your hearing, and whatever standard you set, more will be given to you, right? To this measure, more will be given to you, your faithfulness. And Mark speaks about this. You see, um, it's like that thing of you, you, you get a new employee, and um, if they actually if they value gossiping, in the next couple of weeks, all the people that gossip in your business will be around them because they draw them okay what they value is what you draw bitter people what they value is what they draw okay um the standard that you set attracts the standard that you set attracts We've seen people come into this place. There's a certain standard that is set here. And then later you see the people, you know, for the wrong reasons, disappearing. It's because they are faced with themselves in, in community. You can't just be alone. They're drawn like a light. People get drawn. Okay, so the frequency and goes out and draws certain people in it. And so we trust for the laborers. That's how I say that's my prayer. So when we value the voice of the Lord, whether from the pages of Scripture, or when we read, or when it is that a prophet calls, out you, uh, calls you out in a meeting perhaps, and, um, but we value what God is saying. So whether it's the Scriptures, whether it's the prophetic word, someone calling you out, we value what they say. So many people become discouraged um, with the word. Because, um, I'll put up my hand first. When the prophetic word comes, what also it attracts is it attracts conflict. Why do I say that? Because the Bible says that. In Matthew 13, you can go look, read there. It says, when tribulation and persecution arise because of the word. So I've seen this. A prophetic word is given to someone. It's like, oh, hell breaks loose Because with that word, affliction and all these things come with it. And the reason why this happens is because you and I are given a choice. Uh, we, we're given a choice. Do we believe what God has said? Do we take him on his word or not? Because in choosing, we actually choose reward or not. By the choices we make in those times. You see, reward requires options. It's almost like, I mean, 
prophetic word comes to someone, I'm so encouraged. Wow, the Lord's going to do this in my future. This is going to do this. He's going to do that. He's got this plan for me. And then just hell breaks loose. This is going to happen with my business. And then the opposite happens. Because the word draws conflict. You see, the enemy is not standing still. I've seen this over people's lives, over your children, over whatever. Prophetic words in the next minute, the opposite happens. And you have to contend. Use this as a weapon. That's what Paul tells Timothy in the New Testament. The prophecies over your life, use it as weapons in your warfare. This is what God has said. No, no, no. This is what God has said. No, my child will be like this. This is what God has said about my child. This is what God has said about my wife. This is what God said about my family. This is what God is saying about my nation. The opposite is happening. Oh my goodness. God, you said this word is what was spoken over this nation. This nation will not go to hell. You have a plan for South Africa from this. So many words I've heard over even this nation that has said from the tip of Africa will go fire. I've heard this since I got saved. I've heard over from people from all over the world would prophesy prophets that from the tip of Africa will go fire that will spread throughout the whole of Africa into the nations. Revival will be ignited from this South Africa. And if I look at the external, I become depressed. So I have to take what is God saying. I have to take what is God is saying. What, is you, what did you say, Lord? I would rather believe you. I need to value that because that's what I value is what I worship. Remember, in the book of Judges, it says that, it speaks about, um, God says to the nation of Israel, He says, I told you not to fear the gods of the Amorites. He tells him, I told you not to fear the gods of the Amorites. How did that look? How did that work out for them? How did that manifest? They worshipped the gods of the Amorites. You see, what you fear determines what you worship. God said, don't do this. They ended up doing it because they feared them. What you fear is what you worship. You see, you say you don't worship money. But you fear that you go insolvent or broke. While you may not bow to, down to worship money, what you actually start doing, you start turning the affection of your heart to it. And turning the affection of your heart is how you worship. If you fear not having enough finances, if you fear this thing, and I know I'm speaking, I feel the Holy Spirit just putting his finger on this point. I'm not going to have enough. I don't know about my children. I don't know about this. I don't know. If you turn your affection of your heart to that, that is what you bend your knee to. That is what you worship. That is what you become like. It's called misplaced worship. Okay? What is it doing? It's actually holding on to the one and despising the other. In Ezra 6, 
verse 14, it says, They prophesy through the prophesying. So, um, they prospered through the prophesying. Now remember, prosperity is very broad. I'm not just speaking about money things here. So prosperity, they prospered. It is broad in the sense of prosperity of soul, prosperity of health, prosperity in family, prosperity in business, prosperity in finances. There's different fields of prosperity. Prosperity in emotions. They prospered in all these things. So it is possible to, uh, or is it possible prosperity that, that you actually longed for was not actually um, available through a word because you actually didn't value the word. So that what you've been longing for it might be that, you know, I long to see this happen, I long to see that happen, but it hasn't happened is because I actually did not value the word that was given to me. Well, I didn't like it. There's certain prophetic words that were given to me in my, in my walk, you know, over the years since I know the Lord. These prophetic words that were given, and um, there's things that I didn't like because I thought, that's not me. I'm not comfortable with that. It's only you, not me. Eh? Isn't that so? There's like, you know, I'm going to be, I do, and there's certain things I've been done, I would think, Crazy, I'd never done it before. But it was words that were given to me. Remember, a prophetic word is divine enablement. I won't even get even to the Hebrew or the Greek about what those words are, these different words. It's basically divine enablement, which comes in that through prophetic word. All right, so um, there's a prosperity, okay, in, in a broad aspect. So um, the decisions we make personally. Uh, for instance, regarding like the church, uh, the church win, or how we look at certain things, um, has a lot to do also with the word that has been given to me. The thing of me being in Bloemfontein, me and my family, um, just for those, you guys know it, because the joke's on me, by the way. Um, I said, I'll never be in Bloemfontein. Never wanted to be, when it came here, I cried. I was, I was at school still. I said, how could you have come to this forsaken place to my parents and God-forsaken place, and oh my goodness, this and that, and the worst place on earth. And anyway, and uh, then I, anyway, got saved. You know the story and whatever. But we, we, um, am I going to run ahead? Let me just see here quickly. Um, let me just take a little bit further. I'll just give you part of this. How, when we hear a word or thing is said, I'll just touch on this now. So let me let me take a step back. So, all right, so. We want to prosper, and we all want to be successful. Isn't that so? And both those outcomes are affected by those in the body to bring what we need. There's something you got that I need. There's something I got that you need. I'm speaking about that's the local body. There's relationships we have with people abroad in other countries. And we connect. I mean, if it's not on a weekly basis even. And there's, there's things where we are speaking into one another's lives, encouraging that. So, um, I trust in Him and the people connected to me to bring me what I need. And when I'm not trusting people and people's lives, and that trust is not being put into me, then we actually miss what God has for us, even as a house. 
one of the things in that just with us, remember I said to you about how um, uh, part of the prophetic words, even of this house, it said, there will not be one poor person in this house. You see, I, I believe in prosperity, but prosperity with purpose. God prospers us for purpose. God blessed Abram to be a blessing. So always prosperity also has to do even the natural material with purpose. There's nations, there's churches. I mean, I, I sometimes laugh. I say, yeah, Lord, the joke's on me again. But now we do this. There's churches. We have people ministering right now in other churches. And that um, there's other churches that are relating to us. We're speaking to them. And I mean, they're probably 10 times, 100 times bigger than what, in numbers than what we are. That doesn't make, because in the kingdom, it's not about numbers. It's about stature. So sometimes, but Lord, you said this is what you're going to do. This is how you're going to do it. So um, just to come back, what I was saying earlier on, in about 2005, um, actually, my in-laws are here, so actually, I don't, think, I don't know if they've heard this. In 2005, December, uh, or, or let's say this, um, it was about, yeah, let me, yeah, 2005, December, um, I'm going to get it right, yeah. This was one of the words that we got. So when I first got saved, um, God spoke about, you know, he's called me to specific um, grace and ministry in the fivefold ministry. And he, um, there's certain things spoke over me, and then I thought, oh, yes, I'm the man. <laughs> and then the school of life hit me. After I came out of the cemetery, I mean seminary. And then I realized I know nothing. And today I feel I know less than then. Just by the way, serious. It's like, I just don't know. Like, Lord, you just do something you want to do. And, um, and I had words about... Uh, planting churches. Uh, some of the people now, I know some of them aren't here, even like with Charlotte Cronk and stuff, even prophesied over my life in 91 or so, something like that, years ago in another town actually, in another part of the South Africa, and told me what I'll be doing, what I'm actually doing. Um, but there's different prophets and uh, prophetesses, whatever, uh, prophesied over me in that. And then um, in 2005, December, um, there was a, also a prophet in that, actually well-known in the nations of the earth. Um, he prophesied over Anlisna. And um, basically he said to us, he said, within uh, four to five years, you will have established church. You will have a governing church. This will be the dynamics of the church. It will be apostolic base. It will be a resource center. It will have a mission thrust. And he carried on like this. And then he said, and, <sighs> It's Father's Day, so I suppose that's why now I'm also emotional. But so, sure, this was not part of the scene. Uh, so you also we hadn't had children, and we we uh, my wife had a miscarriage uh, early when we were married, and. Uh, and he, he gave us a, a prophetic word, part of this word. I say, prophecy is measurable. And uh, gave us a word, and, and with that word, he's telling us about governing. Listen, I was, I was part of in certain leadership as a part of a local church, and we weren't doing anything with doing a church. We were part of the local church, part of a, a ministry in the church, etc. 
And, uh, I, you know, I wasn't thinking, okay, we're going to start a church now, anything like this. And, uh, but he said, you know, we had been waiting long for a child. There was nothing medically, whatever, that preventing that. And, and he said, God's going to give you a child, whatever. Well, uh, it was, I think, three months later, my wife, Annalise, she was pregnant. 2004, sorry, 2004, and, um, and three months later, eh? whatever, but uh, 2005 December, because three months later, my wife's pregnant, something like that, and then I'm getting, sorry, those in the camera, I'm being preached to from my wife, so whether the dates or not, um, it is Father's Day, uh, <laughs> so, but pretty much this, it was it was pretty much a few months later, Annalise is pregnant. And um, then within, it was in 2006, we officially planted a church. We were asked by the ministry we were part of to plant a church. The, uh, they hadn't heard about this prophecy, by the way, yet. And we actually had shared with leadership and that. But So even the existence of having a child, um, you know, just uh, the the whole thing of, of yeah, is my, um, the, the establishment of the planting of a church, of this specific ch- uh, church and that. I mean, it came because of a prophetic word which we embraced, and the dynamics of that word is what we build with. That is, becomes then the assignment for the house. And those that God add, because not everyone must be part of this church, like it, many people must not be part of other churches, because they need to be called to the call of the church if they call to the call of the church they become part of the call so that when people get sent they go with the call of the church they go with an assignment because there's grace in the house and um, there's sometimes where you know yeah, let me not go too much no let me not go there we haven't got time um, so God is big enough to show us an outcome no matter what we face. Certainly so, you know, not having any children, whatever in the Lord, what's happening, this and this, and every month for 12 years. Think about it. You know what I'm speaking about? And then there's my wife. You're pregnant. Because there's a word that was given. And I can give you a lot of prophetic words even about how about my daughter and about how I dreamed stuff. God spoke to me in dreams about her, gave her name, etc., 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 etc. And I took that and that became this. You see, the word was spoken and it manifested. That's what prophecy does. It brings forth, manifests that what is in heaven on earth. It breaks forth things, okay? And that is why we prosper. It is measurable, okay? Um, We born, we are born to succeed, we are born to prosper, but it is connected to how we value what has been spoken over our lives, okay? What we think about, what we value, what you value is what you worship. It determines the outcome. So, um, kingdom outcome or human success Basically, we said yes to Jesus, and we said yes to the family of God. So that's why I'm saying we have the prophetic word, the body of Christ. It is not me, independent. We are connected as a body. We can't do this on our own. And, um, 
And when we honor what God has given, the grace, like the office of the prophet, and we have that spoken in our lives, there is things that are created in the spirit that start to bring forth because we value that word, we speak it, we wage warfare with it until it comes forth. For God and for Gideon. For the, for the Lord, for Moses. God will speak to us individually, but he also uses the body to speak into us. That's why we need one another. All right, so I got a crash landed right there. There's a lot I can speak about this, um, especially on this, the Ephesians 4 and the prophetic and whatever. And um, I just feel God just wants to encourage you this morning about um, there's an expression in the body of Christ that he also wants to bring forth in your personal walk with the Lord, but also through the body. So I want to just pray for you. You want to stand? <coughs> Hallelujah. So Father, I want to just pray for everyone busy listening right now. I want to pray, Lord, for every prophetic word, uh, not a prophet lie, but a prophecy that has been given uh, by, by people that have stood the test of the time, and um, that have gone through the fire and come out pure. I pray, Lord, that those words that have been spoken into our lives um, and have been judged according to how, the word, how your word says to judge a prophetic word, that we would see things come into a way, into existence, that we'll see it prospering in every facet of our lives. And that, Lord, where things seem ridiculous or crazy that have been spoken of our lives, well, that's just you, Lord. That's just you. That's just you, because you make that what is impossible, possible. And Father, I want to pray that the word spoken even to people in this house and people who have been listening, that said, and laughed like Sarah laughed, the laugh is on them. Because you laugh from heaven. And I thank you, Lord, that we can just laugh with joy, not with, with, with um, arrogance. And we say, that let your word come forth. Let your word break out of our lives, your prophetic word. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name we pray, Father. Amen.